Welcome to Personally Invested. I'm your host, Dave Richardson. Last year, we introduced you to Philippe Langham. Philippe is the head of Emerging Market Equities and Senior Portfolio Manager at RBC Global Asset Management UK. Phil is one of the top emerging market equity managers in the world. And on a recent trip to London, I had a chance to reconnect with him to take a look at what's happening with emerging market equities right now, his view of what happened in 2018, and what are the prospects for investing in emerging markets for the remainder of this year and on into the next decade. I think you'll find Phil's insights incredibly interesting as to whether this is a great opportunity to invest in emerging markets or just another time where you might want to sit back and wait. I hope you enjoy the podcast. So, Phil, welcome back to Personally Invested. Very nice to be here, David. Great to, uh, anytime that we get a, uh, a chance to spend a few moments with you when, uh, when I'm over in London and get an update on what's happening in emerging markets uh, is, is, is always, uh, I, I think, a, uh, something we have to do because uh, a lot of Canadian investors are much more interested uh, in investing outside of Canada. Uh, they understand, and we talked about this the last time you were here with uh, Laurence Bensafi, uh, who's, who's part of your team here in, in London, uh, that uh, if you, if you want to find growth uh, around the world, you have to get outside of uh, developed markets and look at emerging market uh, investments. However, with that, Canadians think of it as, uh, as very, very risky. And so uh, we like to make sure that we, we provide that update so that uh, create that sense of calm that this is, not, uh, this is somewhere you need to be. And although there's risk, just like any investment, uh, if you've got the right investment manager managing those risks, uh, it can be a great place to go. So last year was not a particularly good year for, for emerging market uh, equities. What would you say was the, 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 the root cause of that? Yeah, sure. We've, um, we've been in an environment uh, for emerging markets where emerging markets were quite weak between 2010 and 2015. We feel that they started um, a recovery relative to, to developed markets in 2016. But you're right, last, last year was weak. Uh, really, there are four key factors for the weakness uh, last year. First of all, trade tensions, particularly trade tensions between uh, the US and China. Secondly, we saw a much stronger US dollar. Thirdly, there were fears in terms of interest rate rises. And fourthly, what we saw last year was really as a result of one-off taxes, uh, we saw much stronger U.S. GDP growth and U.S. earnings relative to emerging markets. Now, in terms of all four of these factors, we see all four as, as re reversing. We're starting to see um, uh, the pressure on interest rates to go down. Uh, there seems to be uh, much more of uh, a conciliatory tone in terms of trade uh, tensions between the U.S. and, and, and China. The U.S. improvements uh, in terms of earnings and GDP growth were very much one-off, and we're now seeing um, emerging markets start to look much better relative to, to developed markets in terms of um, earnings and GDP growth. And finally, we seem to be uh, in a period where the strength of the U.S. dollar is, is topping out. And, and, and that's, uh, that's always seems to be something that's top of mind with people looking at investing in emerging markets is that U.S. dollar strength. And of course, 
we've seen one of the strongest bull markets in the U.S. dollar in history, and 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 that has to end at some point, or at least the relative strength of that has to end at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Dollar cycles, um, whether up or down, have tended to last six to seven years. We've been in a strong dollar environment really since 2010, 2011. So this dollar cycle seems uh, pretty long in the tooth. What we would say is that even if the dollar does continue to be strong, we believe it's more likely to be strong against developed markets uh, rather than emerging markets. A few reasons for that. First of all, the most important reason would be the valuation of emerging market currencies. So looking at uh, the valuation on a wide range of different measures, uh, EM currencies look extremely cheap, really driven by the weakness that we saw in EM currencies, particularly between 2011 and 2015. But we've also seen uh, an improvement in a lot of fundamentals in emerging markets. Current account deficits have turned to surpluses. We've seen improvements in reserves. And finally, um, if you look at emerging markets, real interest rates are generally very high. Uh, if you look at developed markets, uh, more often than not, we see that there are negative uh, real rates um, around the world. So for, for listeners to this podcast uh, over, over the last year, uh, about a month and a half ago, I sat down with Eric Lascelles, and we talked about China and, and growth in China, and obviously the importance of, of that growth, not just uh, in, in the emerging world, but uh, for, for, the, for the entire uh, global economy. What's what are your thoughts on on you know say say we get to a point where we we get a realistic trade deal and some of the trade tensions are reduced between uh, the U.S. and China? Where do you think the Chinese economy sits right now? Um, I think we're in a period of gradual slowdown uh, in, in in terms of China, but we feel it's not something to be scared about. Growth a decade ago. Um, was was really almost too high at around 10 or 11%. We've seen it gradually slow uh, to last year around 6.5%. Um, we feel that it's likely to continue to slow. The biggest risk we see when it comes to China is uh, the amount of debt, and particularly the pace of growth of debt. So we've seen jet debt as a percentage of GDP move from being around 140% a decade ago to currently 280%. As a result, we've seen a real deleveraging campaign by, by the authorities. That campaign has been successful, um, and debt as a percentage of GDP has been relatively steady over the last two or three years. Um, and, and as a result, we are seeing slower growth, and we expect to continue to see slower growth. But what's important um, about growth uh, is, is the quality of growth. So when we had growth at around 10 or 11%, return on capital was actually quite low because growth was very much driven by uh, the, the corporate sector. We saw a lot of excess cap capacity in a lot of different industries. We're now seeing um, a number of, of reforms that are actually leading to an improvement in profitability. So reforms such as constraining supply in a number of different industries, uh, reforms such as moving the economy away from the industrial sector more, more towards consumers, um, reforms um, in, in, in terms of uh, looking to crack down on, on corruption. So all these reforms um, are leading to an improvement in profitability, um, and, and we believe that despite the slower growth that we're likely to see from, from, from China, these reforms are actually a very good thing. And, and that's such an important point. 
slower growth in terms of the number. So it's not 10%, it's six and a half, maybe even 6%, but that 6% is better growth. And the companies that, that you're potentially investing in uh, could, could be doing very, very well or even better from a profit perspective because it's more sustainable growth. Absolutely. And that's very important. And, and, I, and I guess that's an important thing when you're looking at emerging markets in general or understanding from the, the view of a developed market and you're looking at any, any emerging market that you're going to go through that rapid growth phase and then eventually things are going to start to tail off just because just the math gets harder. But the economy is, it's, it's, it's emerging, it's developing. It's exactly, that, that, that's exactly the case. But, but emerging market growth is still likely to be uh, quite a lot higher than developed markets. Generally, you see emerging markets um, grow faster than developed markets by between about 2 and, and, and 5%. Um, that's likely to continue uh, really because the same sort of factors that drove uh, emer emerging market growth over the last few years, superior emerging market growth over the last few years are still very much in place. So factors uh, such as demographics, the ability to catch up in technology, um, a much lower penetration in a large number of uh, different areas. So, for example, credit penetration uh, in emerging markets is still a fraction of what it is uh, in the developed world, or GDP per capita is still very low in emerging markets compared to, to, to developed markets. So, so before we started taping, we had uh, just, a, just a quick check-in with you, uh, which, which I always like to do with, uh, with any investment manager and, and the sector that they, or, or geographic region they cover. And I, I said, is, is, is emerging markets a pound the table, buy now, great buy, or more of a, well, it, it, it's kind of nice, it, it, it looks pretty good. And you said? Um, it's a bit in between the two. Yeah. Um, we, we got to um, a point last year where um, around October valuations were very low. They didn't quite hit the sort of levels where we would say it's close your eyes and, and buy, but they certainly got to very cheap levels. And we would say that in particular relative to developed markets where in price to book terms and PE terms, Emerging markets are trading at something like a 25 to 30 percent discount, and we feel that we're more uh, in an up cycle in emerging markets, whereas developed markets feel as though they're a uh, much later cycle. So, so based on those factors, we feel that um, emerging markets do, do do look attractive, but we wouldn't say um, it's pound the table and you have to buy now. It's more, you know, we should expect more solid growth from emerging markets going forward. Yeah. So you've got a solid growth picture and you also have a nice story around valuation, particularly if we're comparing it to the United States uh, and some other uh, um, uh, developed markets. And so it's, uh, it's a nice story. And certainly for Canadian investors, it's a really important piece uh, to be adding to your, uh, your portfolio, certainly to diversify your holdings in Canada. Yeah, uh, but but even for, for relative to the U.S., Europe, and and developed Asia. Yeah, one one thing that has changed in emerging markets is um, again, perhaps a decade ago, there was a very strong link between uh, emerging markets and the Canadian market, and really that was driven by uh, the importance of commodities, so energy and materials um, within uh, emerging markets. Now that's very much changed. Emerging markets have moved from being driven by commodities to being much more domestically driven, so driven by factors such as consumption, uh, uh, financials. If you look at the actual emerging market indices, 
uh, they're not that different now to, to developed market indices in terms of the weighting of energy and materials. So whereas um, a decade ago, there was a very strong link between the Canadian market uh, and, and emerging markets, and you could almost invest in Canada as a proxy for emerging markets, that's no longer the case. Yeah, and, and we used to actively, uh, if, if, I, if I recall, when, when I would be out talking to Canadian investors, oh, 10, 12 years ago, uh, that was a very important distinction we were making. You could almost invest in Canada and the segment of the Canadian market that was commodity focused uh, almost de facto gave you that exposure exactly. to emerging markets. But it's just not the case anymore. So you go back to that traditional need uh, to more broadly diversify and really seek out the higher growth that you're going to get. There. Yeah, absolutely. So, Phil, once again, thanks for uh, thanks for your time. Look forward to my next visit and we'll check in on, on emerging markets again. Great. Thank you very much, Dave. Thank you for listening to Personally Invested. If you have suggestions for future podcasts, please email us at rbcgampodcasts at rbc.com.